Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. We are looking at the brighter side of life here on Lunchtime Live every Wednesday afternoon because I know people are back at work and it's the 3rd of January and you're probably into taking down the Christmas tree decorations over the next few days and it's grey and it's cold and it seems like the whole country is dosed out there and there's lots and lots of really serious news going on here at home and across the world but aside from all of that if we just park it for a few moments there are still some reasons good reasons to be happy and we don't spend enough time talking about that and pointing out the positive things that have been happening so we want to I suppose put a smile on our faces this Wednesday afternoon we want to focus a little bit on the positive news stories and our own Carlo Sullivan is with me here today because um there's lots to be happy about, Carl. Absolutely. Positive vibes yeah. only for 2024, Andrea. Absolutely. Yeah. There's loads knocking around and kind of things that are just, I suppose, keeping the nation that little bit happier as opposed to getting down in the doldrums. Um, I think we have to start. Um, there's only one place really with Luke Littler. We're only talking mention yeah, there. Yeah, only mention him here. And look, he's a 16... I, I can't believe it. I think the whole country is behind him. Like... It's every year people get into the darts this time of year. It's at Christmas and you're kind of sat at home and there's not really much to watch. And you kind of become a little bit of a fanatic, a bandwagon <laughs> jumper. Um, and he's 16, like born in 2007, and he is now one win away f- from becoming the world champion. It's bizarre, like, and it kind of has reminiscence of Fallon Cherk. She was a female darts player in 2019. Everyone was behind her because she was the first female darts player to beat a male. So everyone got behind them. Yeah. And it's just so positive. Like he's 16. I don't know why. I was in TY like <laughs> doing nothing at all. Yeah. I know nothing about uh, about darts. I had my first evening entertainment of actually watching any of the darts a couple of days ago or just the, the day before New Year's Eve we were, we were out and it was on and you know just watching everybody in the pub absolutely glued to it. And next thing, you can like, now have a sort of a newfound interest oh, in darts. And it's because of this 16-year-old. Yeah, like, it's gas. like the whole of the UK, the whole of Ireland are all behind him. He went through the first round, second round, third round. It's kind of easily, he has this air of confidence about him. Yeah. And it kind of just puts a smile on your face. And like, it's just... So exciting to see such a young lad doing so well. How is he going to celebrate? Like win or lose at the the final? I mean, he's doing extraordinary. Yeah, he's extraordinary. So doing unbelievably. Like the prize money is five hundred thousand euro, but like he's sixteen, so he can't even go out for a few drinks. Like, but uh, this was him. I think it was after his second round. Listen to how he's going to celebrate. Look, you can't drink legally. You can't vote. You can't bet. You can't drive a car yet. How, how do you celebrate? as a 16-year-old when you perform like that on the Ali Pali stage, what are you going to do? Um, probably just treat myself to a kebab. <laughs> get, myself, get myself some bottles of Coke, bottles of Fanta. I love it. Treat myself to a kebab. Oh, actually, look, are we all the same? Well, I suppose we're probably staying away from them now after Christmas. Had a few too many. But, like, even in the court of... Or it was the round of 16, he played Raymond Van Barneveld and he was his childhood hero. There's videos of this lad... I saw it. ...playing when he was ah. three years old, imitating him. And it's just bizarre. Even the Great lad he's story. playing tonight in the final, uh, Luke Humphreys, he's the new world number one. And there's a picture now knocking around social media of the two of them together four years ago. And Luke is only... 
12 years, 12 old. years of age. It's mad. It's a great story. We're great. actually going to be talking about the darts and, well, we're asking, is it a real sport after one o'clock today? I'm really interested, though, in chatting to people, maybe if you're, if you run a darts club, if you're in a darts team, if you play, you know, at an amateur level, if you're a professional Irish darts player, I'd love to hear your views on this today. Give us a call. It's 1800 453 106. There's also other good news, Gal. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the free contraception scheme that was launched in September 2022 for those aged 17 to 25 has now been extended to 31-year-olds. So women aged 31 and below can now access this free contraception scheme. It'll cover things like your prescriptions costs, consultations with GPs and kind of the fitting and removal of coils and implants and other IUDs. Okay. Is it, is it like, are people automatically eligible for it or how does it work? Yeah, so all you have to do is ring up your GP and see if they're in the scheme. And I think it's around almost 2,400 GPs that have signed up for the scheme and like just over 2,000 yeah. kind of community pharmacies. And Mr. For Health, Stephen Donnelly, has kind of put this as a forefront of his like tenure as mm. health minister. He's kind of wanted to really get this across the line. He said he's delighted to announce this further expansion. It's about supporting positive sexual health and the choice in family planning and it's important for women's health and equality and it kind of just it helps with that cost of living aspect of things as well. Okay. I don't know how much, I think it was in and around kind of 15 euro for your cost, for your prescription yeah. when it came to it. But I think when you look to the likes of France, we're doing it last year in Italy, we're talking about making it free for all yeah. women. Um, it's just another positive step. I'm yeah, kind so of, it's I, 17 to 31 yeah. women and girls basically are now going to yeah, be able to look, access it. it kind of, I suppose, when you talk about things like contraception, it's a lot of the time it's put on women. And um, so like, is you kind of need to make these things yeah. a little bit more accessible. Like, I think there's a trial that was in the December in the UK mm. trialling a male contraceptive pill. Yeah. So like, whether that goes any further or not, but it, this is a great step towards, I suppose, the likes of women, say, over the age of 25 who want to maybe wait that little bit longer or is or maybe don't want to have kids. Yeah, you know okay. Kind of way? Um, just staying within the health area or health sector, there's also some good news on the horizon um, for those trying to find, you know, cures or ways of addressing dementia. Absolutely, yeah. So there's a UK decision expected sometime this year in 2024. There's no exact timing on it, but it's for lecanemab, this drug that was kind of spoken a little bit about last year. We had our own Luke O'Neill chatting a lot about it last year and Experts have hailed this drug as kind of the beginning of the end of dementia, um, which is great because like this is in the UK, but the UK isn't so far removed from mm-hmm. Ireland and like dementia. Yeah, usually follow suit. Yeah, absolutely. There are more than like 64,000 people living with dementia here in Ireland and it's estimated that it can rise to almost 140,000 by 2050. So this drug is actually, rather than treating its symptoms, it slows down dementia so it would slow down the progress of the disease which is great it's actually been approved in the US by the FDA so they've said the ruling comes after a panel voted unanimously um, outweigh, the benefits outweigh mm. kind of the disadvantage so not not announced yet here in Ireland but I yeah, suppose there'd be some expectation because yeah. I suppose the um, Chief Executive of Alzheimer's Research UK Hilary Evans said the decision in the US is a wake up call to the UK which automatically, I suppose, we usually follow suit yes, when it comes to yeah. the likes of that. Okay. So absolutely great Want news to keep in that an area. Eye on. Now, something, uh, we're going to move from health to something that the health experts will probably give out to us for, for talking about. And that's the fact that it's 200 years since the first Cadbury chocolate shop opened. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So Cadbury was initially launched in Birmingham in 1824. 
And John Cabri set up this grocer's shop in which he sold cocoa and drinking chocolate, which he actually ground by hand. And it right. just took off immediately in the locality of the Birmingham area. And it went on further with his sons, Richard and George, launching a factory to manufacture this. And they launched actually beside a river called the River Bourne. And they created a kind of a village around it for their factories workers to live there. So yeah. there is, they have the chocolate board. Bourneville yeah. came from that. So right, I didn't know that. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a great story actually. I was just two hundred years on. Yeah, do you have a favourite um, dairy milk or? Cadbury? I love the dairy milk whole nut. The whole nut, yeah, great, yeah. Um, but otherwise, I'm more of a sort of a biscuit type. I know they're not Cadbury, and I'm going to yeah. say you know Kit Kat and, and, <laughs> and stuff. But like, I I I always loved a Whisper. Do you remember they, remember yeah. they got rid of the Whisper? For the Whisper was launched in 1983, so it's it came and then went again. And when it came back, I was kind of like, what's this? Like, yeah, this I bar. love a Whisper. Yeah, a Whisper and a cup of tea. Not the gold one. Nothing. No. Like, just leave things to the original. Leave Absolutely. it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. I was but, looking actually at the flake, and it was launched in 1920, and a factory employee was noticing that. There was kind of an overflow on the moulds of the other bars and it was landing in folds. So it was landing in a so little ribbon. So that's how the flake came the to be. The origin of the flake. But yeah, nope. be, there's going to be probably loads of celebrations and loads of centenary bars. Or yeah, they always do yeah, that, don't absolutely. they? Yeah, they launch a Can new sort of... Fridge or no fridge for chocolate? Oh, typically I keep it, no, just it probably in, in the press. Really? Yeah, oh, but I, I do like, I do like taking a bar out of the fridge. Yeah, a, a cold dairy milk, the snap into the cup of tea now. Very hard bet. <laughs> I love it. Now, our next good news story. Uh, well, there's good news, I suppose, for one artist out there. Sophie Alice Baxter. What, what a banger. That is an absolute tune, isn't it? <laughs> um, Murder on the Dance Floor is Sophie Alice Baxter's song, which she released in 2001. Is that what it, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think back there because, you know, just when we were playing it, I was like, what year is this? I so remember doing it on Singstarian, kind of 2007, 2008, kind of just, that's when I came to know it's probably it. probably peak just starting to go out Yeah, again. but it, it's after coming back into the charts. So um, the movie Saltburn, Emerald Fennel ah, film. That's so Barry Keoghan, the Irish actor, yeah, is nominated yeah. for a Golden Globe because of it. And the final scene sees Barry Keoghan dance nude around the house. Right, so haven't watched it yet. Now, in the nip completely. Dancing to Murder on the Dance Floor. And, dance floor. and Sophie Alex Baxter has put up a video online saying Happy Salt, Happy yeah. New Year, Happy Saltburn, dancing to the song. And she's full on for Barry doing his full Brilliant. dance. So she's lots to be thankful of her, one of our oh, key Irish acting exports for Yeah, A1. He's just yeah. absolutely taking the world by storm. But look, she's gone back into the Spotify charts for the first time. So that's kind of the new news that she was obviously in the singles charts way back when in 2001 yeah. when it peaked at two. Um, just behind Daniel Bedlingfield. But it's gone into the Spotify charts at 130 with 1.428 million streams. Unbelievable. So like it's just, people are probably figuring this yeah. out. In the, US, in the US mainly, I'd say. But also it's after going into the UK singles charts at number 27. So yeah, it's, do you know what? It's a tune and it always makes you hit the dance floor, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's, Sophie Ellis-Baxter isn't the only... Irish or the only artist not Irish but artist with lots to celebrate though yeah absolutely like 2023 was a year of female pop wasn't yeah. it it was just absolutely Taylor like, Swift oh sure like okay <laughs> now 
Probably wouldn't go see her if she's on the green there. <laughs> Steve, it's green. But there, but. Am I right in saying that uh, Taylor Swift and, and other female artists are topping yeah. the charts? Is, it's for the first time, is it? Yeah, well, it was the, for the longest period of time in 2023. So they've plans to come, I suppose. They've plans for more music this year and we'll see Taylor Swift hit the Aviva as well. But like... It was just phenomenal for the likes of Kai Minogue, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift. They all spent a record number of time at number one. In the it was charts. a great year for female Yeah, Miley artists. Cyrus as well. I found when we, you know, you do the Spotify unwrapped, both Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus were in my yeah. top five, which I was sort of surprised about. But anyway, Carl, lots to be positive about. Absolutely. Yeah, this Always. Wednesday keep, afternoon. Keep Thanks. positive vibes. Thanks a million for that. That's our own Carl O'Sullivan. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.